All right, it says we're live. Let's make sure that we actually are. Let's see. Make sure we actually are. There we go. Yep, we are actually live. There we go. Now I just got to go check uh, Josh TV to make sure we're live there as well. All right, check the live stream lists over here. Yep, it says we're live on Joshua TV as well, but let's click on it just to be sure. Make sure that's not an illusion. Okay. Yep, we're working here too. I'm going to go ahead and hit start record over here. So that way we can begin to save this. All right, boom, close that. Now, why don't we put on some soothing music as we wait for a few more minutes to see if other people show up. I'll just say hello. Well, actually, <laughs> I guess you can hear me. Hi, Shayla. I saw you last night, too, but yeah, I, I didn't want to interrupt the lovely conversations that were happening around me. But anyway, I'm going to put on some nice, soothing soundtracks. Boo, boo, boo. Just got to activate the screen share. And turn on the fan on that. Huh. Did my screen just freeze? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, here we go. Let's do this. Share. And let's do, uh, let's do this one. Probably listen to two or three tracks and then we'll start the show. You able to share a screen? Is it not doing it? No. <laughs> you got to click add stream down below. That better? Uh, still don't see it on the screen for some reason. I Here, let's try that. All right. Yeah, it wouldn't let me do it. There. I'll listen to some music for a few minutes and then we'll start the show. You, it's uh, you got headphones on, man. I think that it's blocking it out or something. <laughs> uh, let me try. Let me try the screen share again. Then this ain't this ain't copyright, is it? No, it shouldn't be. Okay. Well, at least not in a way that would get your stream taken down. 
Let me try this again. I guess I have to keep clicking that annoying share audio button. All right. Actually, yeah, share audio. Select that, share, boom. There we go. Two or three songs, and then we go start the show. Give more people a chance to trickle in. All right. Can barely hear it. Well, it's not the loudest song. Hmm. Yeah, I can hardly hear it, man. Are you wearing headphones? No, I got you playing to stereo woofers. <laughs> uh, that's weird. Four minutes. Ish. Yeah, we'll make it tonight. 
Welcome to a historic first. For the first time ever, yours truly, TTOR, is hosting the God TV radio live stream. Brett's still here, as you can see to my, I guess what would be right-hand side of my screen, but maybe looks like the left to you. But, <laughs> but yes, I'm hosting the show today. Uh, the show will not be as long as some of Brett's live streams, which usually go like four to six hours. I plan on cutting things off in two, maybe two and a half hours, so you won't be in for the long haul on this one. But we'll still be here a while. We'll still have plenty of time to talk about things. I see you commenting there, Adam Lore. You asked, what is the pixel art sprite on my wall? That is a RPG-styled picture of Gohan from the Cell games that my sister made for me back in, I think, 2000. 14 or 15 as a Christmas present. She hand-painted that. Looks exactly like an RPG Maker style video game as far as the character model goes. Uh, see you there, Shayla. I see you there, Veckel. Um, yeah, I think that's about it as far as the comments that I see. Uh, without any further ado, I guess I'll start things off by... Uh, Letting you know that I'm easy to find on the internet. I occasionally appear as a guest on this show, but I do my own content and I do it in various places. As a matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and screen share right now so you can see where some of those places are. Hopefully it will uh, show it all on screen. There we go. So let me make sure on my phone that I did this right. Looks like I did. Yes, I did. So that is my YouTube channel, TTOR. Very easy to find as far as what you type in in the search bar. And got some videos up. And there's plenty for you to watch if you're curious to know what kind of content I make on my own. But YouTube is not the only place I upload videos. YouTube for nearly a decade now, depending on who you ask, whether it be back since 2016, 2015, or even 2014 in some cases, YouTube has been engaging in various kinds of censorship, usually against Christians, conservatives, and 
Donald Trump supporters over the better part of the last several years. So as a precaution to myself, I decided to create channels on a wide variety of video sharing sites. And on these other sites, I actually get better traffic than I do on YouTube. So first off, there's my Joshua TV channel, which you can see right here on the screen. I know the founder of the site, Josh, he's a very nice guy, very much a champion of freedom of speech. No problems with Christians like me posting on his sites or promoting the sites for that matter. Joshua TV, much like YouTube, has a lot of the features you want in a video sharing site, such as HD videos, live streaming, public playlists, a free restreaming system, and a whole lot more. It's even designed in such a way as that it can be used as a content delivery system for sites like Roku. So thanks to Joshua TV, not only am I on all these video sharing sites, I'm also on Roku, and I'm also on Joshua Radio Network, which you can see in the banner on my Joshua TV channel. I'm also on BitChute, which is a fairly popular site in the alt tech world, although I don't advertise them like I used to because they engage in a lot of the same censorship systems and policies and actions as YouTube now, so they're not worth promoting as a free speech alternative. But I do have almost 2,300 subs on BitChute, which, put, which puts me in the top 5% of creators on the site, which is a very, very good thing to be able to brag about. I'm also on YouTube, which is run by the Utah Gun Exchange, which is a pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun organization in Utah. Their YouTube alternative is pretty nice and slick, looks good, full HD video capacity. Pretty much the only thing it doesn't have is live streaming, but it's a very good site. I upload my videos there, 159 subs. If you scroll through my library, got plenty of views on videos. And then I'm on a wide variety of social media sites, but the two main ones that you can find me on are Gab, which you can see here on screen. Gab's been around since 2016. They used to be a free speech site, but then things went kerwonky on there in 2020, starting with when they banned Brett Keane from their site. And then a bunch of other people got banned and all other kinds of shenanigans happened with their CEO in terms of his worldview and his hypocritical actions and double standards and how he runs and moderates the site. But I am on Gab still where I have 1,300 followers. So if for some reason you want to be on Gab and follow me there, you can. Link's in the description. And then I'm also on Getter, which is a Twitter alternative that started up last year, I believe it was. Yeah, it was July 2021. It's run by Jason Miller, the former spokesperson for Donald Trump's 2016 campaign. It's not bad, but it's not great. But I use it. A lot of people use it. There's millions of people every month, in fact, who are using it in terms of its web traffic. So, you know, I figured I might as well use it. And so if you're not a big fan of Twitter and you want a Twitter alternative to follow me on, Getter is another good one that you can do. But aside from being on alt tech sites myself, I actually jumped into the game and made my own alt tech website called Creation Social, which you can see here on screen. Creation Social is an open source alt tech alternative to Facebook and Gab at this point. And it has a lot of the same features you would expect to see in a Facebook or in a site like Gab. And we also embed videos from various sites into posts, so that's a nice feature. Actually, I'm going to be upgrading Creation Social in the near future to 
give it even more features than it currently has. So when that happens in the future and I come back here to host a show, I'll talk about that more when that happens. But the other thing I'm trying to do right now is start my own video sharing site. Like I mentioned, YouTube, bad. Censorship, really bad. They do it worse than anybody. But other alt tech sites like BitChute and Odyssey and Rumble and the whatnot, they all do basically the same stuff just to a lighter degree. And so I decided earlier this year, it's time to make my own YouTube alternative. I've actually been thinking about it since 2017, but I never had the the trigger pulled as far as actually starting that project goes. And I wanted to give other alt tech sites a chance to do the job, but they just weren't up to snuff. So I'm throwing my hat in the ring. My site is going to be called Quarter. You can see on screen the Give, Send, Go campaign that I have for Quarter. We've currently raised 8% of our $2,000 goal. $2,000 will allow us to start up the site and maintain its operation for 12 months, as well as buy some plugins to add new features to the site that are not in the default script that we're going to use for it. It's going to be fully developed right out of the bat. So we'll have HD videos and live streaming and public playlists and we'll probably have restreaming and it'll have a bunch of other features that you would expect and want in a video sharing site. And I'm going to focus on making the user interface as good as possible because that's something people complain about with some of the alt tech sites. So that's something I really want to do this year. And the quicker we can hit this $2,000 goal, the quicker I can make this happen. I basically have everything figured out. I got the guy to help me install the site. I got the servers, the hosting service. I got everything except the funds needed to pull it off. And so if you can help make the quarter project a reality, you'll find the link to the Give, Send, Go campaign in the description box below. And I also have a Flatter account set up for quarter so that you can do a one-time or monthly tip or donation. Every, every penny of that will definitely go into the project as well. So whether it's through Give, Send, Go or through Flatter, if you want to donate to the quarter project to make it a reality, you can do so today or whenever you're able to do so, if you're able to do so. I don't want to be the cause of anybody going broke and being homeless on the streets because they wanted to support me. Hey, uh, TTOR, I got a question about the project that you're working on. Do you... Yes. Um, do you plan on doing what old YouTube used to do? Because I noticed no video sites adopted this, and I think it would be a success. Allow people to post video responses underneath people's videos. And YouTube used to do that, and that was really successful. It caused real interaction and engagement. Yeah, I kind of remember that, and I know you've talked about in past videos. Unfortunately, that would not be available right off the bat, but it would definitely be something that we would work on installing in the future. The nice part about the script that we're going to use, which is called a video, is that there's a whole community of developers behind it. So all I have to do is go to them and talk to them and see if they can build such a thing. And if they can, they will. And when they do, it will be on the site that easy. But anyway, let me set up some uh, stuff for the next little segment I want to do before we bring in other people to talk or invite them to talk. Uh, is there anything you want to say while I'm bringing everything up? Well, I noticed that Ryan, the Presbyterian out there, he said he called me this weekend. The phone number I give out to people is a Google Voice thing. 
So I have to actually have the browser open in order to receive calls unless you leave a message. I usually call people back after they they give me a time that's good for them to contact them. And of course, people, if you want to start filing in, the link is out there to join. And uh, this is what these shows are for, to give you guys the ability to have discussion with the host. Okay, let me make sure I got everything set up. Okay, I need one more. Do, 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 Let's see. Yeah, that's the thing about them Bible verses. Got to bring up the same website over and over again just to enter different verses. But I'm already there. Okay, I believe I am ready, Brett. So earlier today, I did a video responding to a video put out by David Falk about Genesis 11:26. But I figured since more than one older creationist uses his argument, we'd take a few minutes before we invite people in to join us for a public discussion. Uh, I'd take a little bit of time to talk about the argument in general. So the argument stems from Genesis chapter 11 because older creationists in general don't like straightforward contextual readings of Genesis or any other parts of the Bible and the Torah. And we're going to go ahead and screen share what I have pulled up. Entire thing. All right. Come on. There we go. Let's make sure everything's good on my end. Slight delay here. No, 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 no. Oh, that's right. I have to add it. That's such a pesky thing. Okay, there we go. So we have here on screen Genesis eleven twenty six, which says that Terah was 70 years old when he became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Or not Haran, uh, Haran. Keep getting that one confused. The other word. And then in Genesis 11.32, it says that Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. Correct pronunciation of that word. And then in Genesis 12.4, it says that Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now, what a lot of old earth creationists tend to do is they will say that Abram left Haran to go to Canaan with his family at God's command after Terah died at the age of 205. And so what they do is they say, well, 205 minus 75 equals 130. Therefore, when Abram was born, Terah was really 130 years old and not 70 years old, like the verse on screen plainly says. Now, the problem I have with this methodology that they employ is that they are rejecting the straightforward reading of Genesis 11:26 but accepting the straightforward reading of Genesis 11.32, even though they're the same chapter and they're written in the same style of writing. They literally have to pick and choose which scripture they want to believe and which they want to reject based on their preference. They're not actually accepting it as it is. And the other problem I have with this methodology is that it can just as easily be applied to Abraham and cause all kinds of problems with multiple places in Genesis, because there are multiple places in Genesis where Abraham is said to be at different ages when he's doing different events. So let's see what I mean by this. Terah died at the age of 205. He was 70 years old when Abram was born, so technically 205 minus 70 equals 135. 
So Abraham should have been 135 years old if older of creationists are right in saying that Abram left Haran and went to Canaan after Terah died. But obviously, we see in Genesis 12:4 that Abram was 75 years old. So if we're going to apply the methodology of older of creationists, we have to conclude that Genesis 12:4 cannot be taken at face value. We have to conclude that Abram was 135 years old and not 75 years old when he left Haran to go to Canaan. But the fun doesn't stop there. Genesis 17, 1 through 2 says that Abram was 99 years old when God appeared to him, made the covenant with him, and changed his name to Abraham, and then promised him that the next year his son Isaac would be born. Well, if we're going to apply that methodology consistently, we have to conclude that Abraham was 159 years old, not 99 years old, when this whole thing went down in Genesis 17. Furthermore, Genesis 21.5 says point blank that Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Well, once again, we must apply that methodology consistently across the board, and we must assume that Abraham was actually 160 years old and not 100 years old when Isaac was born. Now, a lot of, a lot of old earth creationists would probably look at the argument they just made and disagree with my conclusion and disagree with how I added 60 years to the age of Abraham in Genesis 12:4 and or yeah Genesis 12:4 Genesis 17:1 through 2 and Genesis 21:5 but I'm applying the same methodology they are in the exact same way I just applied it to Abraham and not to Terah so I feel that best exposes the folly of what they're teaching and so as the young earth creationist who actually believes the Bible, it's actually pretty easy to resolve the issue that older earth creationists bring up. Terah was 70 when Abram was born. Abram was 75 when he left Haran and went to Canaan. 70 plus 75 equals 145. So obviously Terah was 145 years old when Abram left Haran to go to Canaan with his family. Furthermore, Terah is not listed as among the people who went with Abram to Canaan. And it says that Terah died in Haran at the age of 205. So it's pretty obvious that he spent the last 60 years of his life in Haran after Abram left. And furthermore, this means that he was alive during the events of Genesis 17 and Genesis 21. So that's the way I respond to arguments like this that are made by older creationists about the genealogies in Genesis. It's pretty easy to refute, and their methodology is pretty arbitrary, and they make assertions that just aren't there in Scripture, and they don't read the text carefully. And so that's how I tend to deal with stuff like this when it comes up like I did earlier today. So now that I've gotten through this little bit that I wanted to share, I'm going to go ahead and make the uh, make the time that we have left open to anyone who wants to talk. The link to our studio is in the description box below if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're watching this on Joshua TV, you'll have to come to Brett Keen's YouTube channel, which uh, let me actually look up what that's <laughs> what that's called again. Because, yeah, he's had different names at different times. His channel is called uh, God TV Radio Live Podcast Show by Brett Keen. You should be able to find it pretty easily if you go to YouTube. 
and I'll just go ahead and wait for anyone that wants to join in studio. And so I see DOR, have you always been a young earth creationist or did you originally start out old earth? I originally started out old earth. As a matter of fact, I was old earth up until ooh, I forget when in 2014 the Bill Nye Ken Ham debate happened, but I think it was earlier in that year I saw that debate. It was the first time I was really exposed to arguments for young earth creationism. And so after that, I went and looked up, you know the arguments that young earth creationists make as far as the Bible goes to justify their belief. And what I found is that their belief was taken straight from the Bible and was 100% congruent with a straightforward and contextual reading. And even before that point, I always prided myself on being a Bible believer. And to me, if you can prove something is taught in the Bible when it's read in a straightforward and contextual manner and you can prove it, I will accept it if it all checks out. And so that's how I became a young earth creationist was through the biblical scriptural arguments that they made. And then, of course, over time, I, you know, looked into scientific arguments and whatnot that they do. And I started watching, you know, old earth creationist, evolutionist, atheist content and responding to that over the years. But as far as my conversion to young earth creationism, it happened in my mid-20s. And it was a Bible issue and it wasn't a science issue. But that doesn't mean I'm afraid of science or afraid to talk about it. My knowledge of science is not as good as the knowledge that a lot of other young earth creationist ministries and individual young earth creationist apologists have. But the bit I do know, I'm pretty rock solid on. And Some of the things that you've read, TTOR, what was uh, what do you would you say was uh, three top things that uh really sparked it off for you on uh going young earth well the numbered genealogies and the time spans provided by genesis exodus and first kings chapter 6 verse 1 was a pretty good start but then there are other things like jesus in the gospels specifically in matthew 19 and mark 10 claiming to well, he claimed that male, female, and marriage were created at the beginning of creation. And the reason why we know this is because in those passages, he specifically said that at the beginning of creation, God, and then he gave a direct quote of Genesis 1.27, which was the creation of male and female, followed up by a direct quote of Genesis 2.24, which is the creation of marriage. So by quoting those two passages back to back and preceding them with the phrase, in the beginning of creation, God, that proved to me and to, I think, any sane, logical reader that doesn't try to reinterpret things, that Jesus believed that Adam and Eve and marriage were created at the beginning of creation. And this is a claim that can only be factually true if young earth creationism's timeline of history is true because it's the young earth creationism timeline of history that actually has their creation at the beginning of the timeline of history. Whereas in older earth creationism timelines, whether it be day age theory or gap theory, they have the creation of Adam, Eve, and marriage created towards the end of the billions of years timeline. So that to me, when Jesus teaches that male and female and marriage were created at the beginning of creation, that is pretty strong evidence of young earth creationism's truthfulness coming straight from the mouth of Jesus. And so that was another 
argument that was really persuasive to me because it's right there in the Bible. I don't have to guess. It's right there. Remember, people, there's links out there in the comments as well as the description if you'd like to come in and have a discussion. Looks oh, like we got Olivia. Olivia. Olivia's, Olivia's cool. Hi. There you are. Well, let me see if I can. Uh... Okay, that's better for now. <laughs> What's up, Olivia? I just thought I would call in. I don't know what I can add about the, you know, the discussion you were having earlier, but well, you know, maybe I could. Well, if you want to add something on that, you can. If there's anything else you want to talk about, we're open to that. Well, I mean, as far as I, you know, it's hard. I don't want to be very dismissive, so I want to be a polite person. But it's hard to not, at least for my perspective, to have a, a, a respectful discussion with a young Earth creationist. Why is because that? Because I just find that I find the idea far fetched to the point where it seems like make believe. And that's a defensive thing to say to someone who truly believes that. I just can't relate enough to have a discussion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you Christian or atheist or what? I want to know. Well, I would I... describe it's. I don't know. It. I would say it. How whatever you define me as is how strict you like allow deviation for whatever it is you believe, and how you define God. Right. Well, so uh... some people think I believe in God. And some people say I'm an atheist. Well, I ask which one you are because there are certain responses I give to an older creationist that I wouldn't give to an atheist. Well, I wouldn't call myself an atheist. So I'm not going to make some grand so claim. Agnostic then? Sure. Well, yeah. I haven't heard anything that I believe in. Right. Well, the reason why I accept a straightforward contextual reading of the Bible is because in Numbers 12, 6 through 9, God talked to Aaron, Moses, and Miriam because Aaron and Miriam had challenged Moses's status as spokesperson of God. And God came down and told Aaron and Miriam that when he revealed himself to Moses, he did not reveal himself to him in dreams and visions like he did other prophets. And he specifically said that he spoke to Moses face to face and that he spoke to him clearly and not in riddles. So in other words, the revelations he gave to Moses, he gave them to him in a straightforward manner, and he did not give them to him in any kind of coded language that he would have to reinterpret to ascertain the correct and true meaning. So what that says to people like me and the other young earth creationists is when we're reading the revelations in Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, we accept the straightforward reading of those books because that's literally the reading that God said is the correct reading of those books. And most of the information that leads us to believe that the earth and universe are a little over 6,000 years old are found in Genesis and Exodus. The one exception being 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. So that's why we have the belief that we do, and that's why we interpret the books the way we do it's because god literally commands us to when i have no i i just would say that i can't claim any expertise on that right so i've met plenty of bible scholars who have who might disagree with your how you define contextual in your use of the word contextual and also that they don't believe that, that they don't have that conflict right so I certainly don't claim to speak Hebrew, so well, I don't uh, know 
that, that, that your English translation of what the Hebrew Bible says is necessarily correct. Uh, popular older creationist apologists like William Lane Craig in the past have talked about how they actually reinterpret the Bible in order to make it line up with what the majority opinion of the scientific and academic community says about origins. And he even went a step further and said that this was a practice that all Christians should do. But by saying this, what he's admitting is that the Bible is not the ultimate authority in his, mind, his life and in his mind when it comes to the issue. And then there was the theistic evolutionist Perry Marshall in 2015 in his book Evolution 2.0, who literally put in writing that science was a higher authority than the Bible on origins and therefore we need to let science settle the question and not the Bible. So the entire older creationist mindset is one of reinterpreting the Bible to make it fit whatever the majority opinion of the scientific and academic community is. Now, there are times where they say they mm -hmm. don't do that, but they're lying when they say that. And I can understand why you would, you know, not agree with my worldview. If you believe in deep time, evolution, Big Bang cosmology, you strongly believe this is the truth, you strongly believe you have good evidence for it, and then you hear someone like me talking about my view on origins, it would sound like nonsense to you, especially if you believe that the evidence is on your side. So I don't blame you don't for know. disagreeing with me. I'm just saying that I don't believe that geology and biology and chemistry and physics and astronomy are lying or wrong. I have no reason to believe that as a person who functions in the modern world and can see the achievements of science. The, the smartphone that I'm using, it's connected wirelessly mm -hmm. and I can talk to anyone around the world. I'm watching you mm -hmm. communicating with you right now. Mm -hmm. So what you're asking me to believe is that a book that has talking snakes and magic is real and is a better explanation of the world and is demonstrable somehow. And somehow the science is not demonstrable yet I'm using it right right now that's really and truly how i have to let go i d i don't know how you're coming to this conclusion that science is lying when we're talking via true technological wonder you know what i mean you mind yes, if I, I uh, you mind if i say something just real quick sure. for those who like to for the non-believers or people who have doubts who say things like uh, you believe in a book of talking animals. Remember, these same people usually believe that they evolved from animals and that they are animals that talk. So, well, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say that. I think I'm beyond <laughs> that. So I do believe I am a talking animal. Yes. I just don't believe that I've never seen a snake talk or a donkey talk. I don't think that, you know, but I have seen a gorilla do sign language. So I know that we're not the only talking animals. But I'm, And, you know, I've seen, you know, Animals obviously communicate, and I was being facetious, but I'm saying that I don't believe in magic, but I have, and I don't believe in every scientific claim in the world either, right? We've got all sorts of people claiming science, and I don't believe in uh, pseudoscience or any of that stuff either. And then I necessarily think that we do need to sort ideas out. I just don't see how you're rejecting all of science. To, uh, to make the claims. Well, there is a saying that uh, older creationist Frank Turek is popular for saying, and I actually agree with it. Science doesn't say anything scientists do. 
there's the scientific data, and then there's how scientists interpret data, and how they interpret data is dependent upon their worldview. I'm living in the same world as people who disagree with me about origins, and I'm looking at the same data that they are, but I'm interpreting it differently because of my worldview. And if you actually look at some of the things that evolutionists and atheists, and I'm not saying you believe these per se, but what I've seen in a lot of them is they teach, and they teach this literally, that you can have design in nature without there being a designer behind it. And I find that incredibly hilarious and self-refuting, because if we applied this argument to anything else, they would never accept that argument. Like if I said But it's a that, nonsensical uh, argument. And, I, and so you're cherry picking people who are using me, words incorrectly, perhaps. Let me finish. If I were to say that, well, this Blu-ray disc that I got doesn't work when I put it in my Blu-ray player and try to watch it. Therefore, either the disc or the player itself had no designer behind it. No one would buy that even for a second. Or if I said that a video game was really buggy, therefore there must be no developer behind the video game. No one would accept that. They'd laugh me out of the room. But the one area where they accept this argument is when it comes to origins. They'll say, well, we can't have a God. I don't believe there's a God. And there's all this design in nature, or what at least what appears to be design in nature. So we're going to assert that you can have what appears to be design in nature without a designer. I even had one evolutionist YouTuber respond to me in video, and his initial gut reaction was, Justin, you're right. But then his worldview took over and he couldn't allow me to be right. And so that's when he came up with this whole argument of you can have design without a designer. And so that's one well, okay. thing that they teach that I can't go with ever. Okay, I think we're conflating ideas. So a biologists don't say that there's design without a designer. People maybe who argue on the Internet who aren't biologists might say that mistakenly. Biologist says complex life exists. It either did or did not have a, a creation event. Um, that Do you know what I mean? But that's mm -hmm. all that biology says. So biology is, you're talking about evolution of life since it started. How it started, biology doesn't really say. They say they don't know how it started. That's, that's, that's what I learned in biology class. But I, I think that Obviously, all life on Earth is related. We can see the genetics, and it's all evidence points to uh, a long time ago we had a common ancestor. I mean, I don't think that that's very that's very controversial. That's just biology. I'm actually very glad you said that, by the way, because there is an evolutionist YouTuber who's pretty popular named Professor Stick. And a couple of years ago, when a young Earth creationist brought up exactly what you said, that Darwinian evolution teaches that all life has a single universal common ancestor. He claimed that this young earth creationist was wrong and that he didn't understand how evolution worked. But when you go to page 484 of Charles Darwin's Origin of the Species work, you find Charles Darwin saying exactly what you said. So well, when, yeah. I saw, when I saw that, I was confused. I was like, well, if Darwin said it and if it's supposedly true, why wouldn't you be shouting this from the rooftops, Professor Stick? Wouldn't you be saying, yeah, see, science proved what Darwin said to be true. Take that, young Earth creationists. But instead, he tried to pretend that Darwinian evolution 
never taught that, even if science does. And I was always really confused by that. So I do appreciate you bringing it up and saying that it's true. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's biology. I mean, that's why I think we should, you know, when we 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 should go with the avenue of looking for what is true rather than having arguments and debates for the sake of them. Do you know what I mean? And so I'm not I don't want to argue necessarily and debate things. I want to like, okay, what is true? I had, you know, I took geology in school and it sure they sure be they geology sure can make a lot of money and find a lot of oil and you know your older younger geologists don't get hired by the oil companies is another thing that they don't they don't it's geologists do the scientists are the only ones making all that money <clears throat> they can oh. find oil and gold and natural gas they can find the precious metals and if their theories were wrong, they wouldn't be able to find all that stuff. Um, I'm not seeing how that is so. What, what, is it about, what is it about the different views of origins that would prevent a younger creationist from being able to find oil or any other natural reserves in the ground? Maybe because their theory is wrong. You know? You can't form oil if it just got created, Earth just got created 6,000 years ago. Older geology says that oil pockets form under certain conditions over millions and millions and millions of years. So that's one theory. The Earth is billions of years old and plate tectonics is real and mountains form this one way when plates collide and things like that. And that decaying matter from life billions of years old is stuck underground in a carbon you know compressed carbon state called oil or gas or coal young geology wouldn't have those same fat wouldn't interpret data even in close to the same way i got two things to say to that one is that even in young earth creationism models oil still exists even if the mechanism is completely different and two regardless of whether or not any of our worldviews are true what does that have to do with the ability to find oil and stuff in the ground? Because your argument was, is that young earth creationists don't get hired for positions to go find oil. And I'm just I, don't see, that that's the, I don't see how don't. the differing worldviews would make any impact whatsoever in your ability to find oil. That's why I don't get. Well, I don't, I can't say how it is that they fail to find oil natural resources. I can just say that when I did my time as a natural gas, as an oil and gas recruiter, that we only accepted applications from certain universities and they had to be accredited universities. And obviously there is no young earth accredited university. If they could find oil and gas, we would hire them. We didn't care. You know, oil and gas companies aren't known for being woke. They're about the green, who can find the oil. And so that's how, you know, one of the reasons I'm like, these guys obviously can't find oil. Well, I would like to point out right now that young earth creationists don't just come from some universities somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I went through uh, accredited schools for my collegiate career and I have a college degree and I came out as a young earth creationist after I went through college. So I don't think where you came from school wise has any bearing on whether you're going to believe in atheism 
or young earth creationism evolution or you know whatever view of origins we're talking about i don't think where you went to school is really going to have any impact on that there's degrees in young earth creationism aren't i i'm pretty sure that there are I think one is, is like maybe Oral Roberts University or something like that, or maybe Prager has one now. I, I'm just saying that if those that if those ideas had true merit, that they would have they would in the marketplace of ideas as far as money is going, that they that they would have something to point to in that sphere. Is all I mean. Like that you can't that I can't find a young Earth working geologist. So you're. So you're saying that the scientific and academic establishment would never have an ulterior motive to blackball the idea of young earth creationism if there was good evidence supporting young earth creationism? I'm saying that that companies don't care about that. They care about money. And that they they you know, you don't need a college degree to get hired at Tesla or to get hired at BP. You just need to be good at math or good at finding oil. So then your view of origins has nothing to do with that then. Your view of is the earth young or old? So whether God exists is irrelevant to the question of is the earth young or old? Well, what I'm asking is, because you just said they have to be able to do math and they have to be able to find oil and that was the requirements for getting into Tesla and these oil companies. So what I'm asking you is, so you're saying that there's the your view of origins has nothing to do with how you can get into those companies. It's all about whether you can find oil and you can do math. Right. I believe that's okay. true. I think that we, we, you know, that capitalism, at least in that respect, is neutral as far as politics goes. That if you can do the job, that is to say, that you'll get the job. Hmm. Well, that's good and to so know. I, I just wouldn't, you know, I was just wondering, like, you know, whether oil companies are conservative also, I mean, I'm not going to say that's true, but I think that we, they certainly aren't viewed as liberal. So <clears throat> why wouldn't they just accept, like, why, why aren't there working young earth geologists is my, and if, do you know of any, like, I'm not, okay, I'm, I'm not going to even make the claim. Let's, I've looked and I worked at an oil company. I never heard of one. I, you know, is there one? Do you know of any? Like a company yeah. with a young earth geology claim. Like, is there a mineral company with, is there a Christian young earth creation mineral company? Well, I don't know the answer to that one. But if you look up young earth creationist ministries and various people within them, you will find young earth creationists who are either former geologists or they're current geologists, just depending on where they're at. They do exist. They're just not the majority in the community. Yeah. Well, I mean, the titles, I, I don't even trust titles from universities, no. <laughs> but, you know, whether get it, I like as a geologist, who, like someone who's like, I've got a degree in geology. That doesn't necessarily mean geologist to me, but that's going to apply for science ge people claiming it too. But I, you know what I mean? I just would like to, I'm not trying to I, that's not the only reason I don't think that it's just one of the reasons I'm like, where's some, you know, why would I believe the earth is 6,000 years old? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like I want to believe in all these things I learned. I was a Pentecostal when I was a kid, but it just doesn't seem true. What do you mean by it doesn't seem true? Can you elaborate on what that means? 
like the stories. Like the stories of the Bible seem very much like myth and magical thinking and not true. I, and I'm not saying that like outside that, you know, I believed in Jesus for the longest time. And I still think that he was a smart guy who has good ideas. But I think that we should not read the Bible as a literal, historical, and scientific document. That it's more about how do, how you're supposed to live and behave. And even then, maybe not. You know, because you got to take just Jesus's version. Like, be nice to one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. That sort of a thing. But let's not, I don't know, stone adulterers. You do sort of real you do realize Jesus spent half his ministry claiming to be the very God that you don't believe he exists, right? I, I've read it both ways. So I, since I'm not going to put the effort into reading the Bible outside of the quotes I had to memorize as a kid, I'll just kind of believe in the nice Jesus rather than the spiteful Jesus. Um, Where's Jesus is at? Oh, sorry, Beckle. I'm working on my website and some other stuff right now. I just wanted to hop in how, and mention something. You how said come that. I, how come I can't see Veckle and Cindy here on the screen? Because they're not on camera. They're oh, they're just doing the audio bit. I know that's oh, weird, okay. right? <laughs> yeah, it's, cool. it's playing tricks on my eyes. Uh, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I, I've I, always I, wondered that too. Thanks for uh, yeah. I was going to say something. Oh, and anyone quick. else can talk. I'm just sorry. If I'm I, um, hugging up the episode, no, I don't no, want to do no, Olivia. It's awesome that you're in here and chat. And I remember talking to you in the past. It was always fun. I was always wondering when you were going to come back and uh, be a part of the show. You're good people. My Thank question you. for you is, you said uh, that they don't have young earth creationists working with oil fields and all this kind of stuff or oil. Well, um, I don't know of any. I'm not saying there are none that well, exist. Well, let's, I'm like, let's say I don't your know. Argument, Let's say, Olivia, that your argument is correct, that they absolutely won't have a young Earth creationist at all work there. What about the fact that 90% of scientists do believe in a God, and there's a lot of people up at NASA that do? Does that somehow add credibility to God for you now? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that the idea of God is reasonable. I don't, I'm not an atheist. I'm just saying that no version I've heard seems i don't believe any version i've heard so i'm just gonna say that to most people i'm an atheist that's how but you know because i just reject what it is you most likely believe you said that the idea of god existing was reasonable what do you mean by that what makes you think that there's a god that exists even though you don't ascribe to any religion well um it depends on how you want to define god you yeah. can define God out of existence by making God logically impossible to me. Like God is the alpha and omega, all encompassing power that ever could possibly exist and is totally omniscient, omnipotent. Then I'm going to say maybe that's, I'm not going to, nah, that sounds kind of, why even go all that way? Or you could just say God is every, is the living embodiment of the universe. And I'll go, yeah, that seems very likely to be, the, you know, a true thing, that our universe itself is a conscious being, and that being is God. So basically, if God is impersonal, then you don't really have a problem with the concept. No, God can be personal, but if you're going to claim that God is a personal God, I'm going to see need to see some 
evidence of that personal God. And what would and what would qualify as evidence that you would say, yeah, that's legit? Well, I grew up going to churches with faith healing, and I always asked, why doesn't God heal amputees or burn victims or mental retardation? Why does God always heal lower back pain and headaches and ear pain? And you um, know. can I ask a question? Sure, go ahead. In response to that to that statement that she just made. Uh, you know, uh, actually, God answered that question at the burning bush uh, and several other places in the Old Testament. So I'm, I'm wondering, uh, just because God refuses to heal amputees or, you know, you know, people with other physical ailments, that it doesn't necessarily that doesn't mean that he doesn't exist or that he's not a good God or that he's not able to bring healing or miraculous healing to people. Just I, I think uh, all of these things uh that exists within people, despite how detrimental they may be to both society and the individual themselves, uh, in some way, shape or form, bring glory to God. Uh, you know, and uh, we through our finite minds are looking at just one thread of that entire rug, if you will, and not getting the big picture. So, I mean, I, I think uh, there needs to be a little bit more nuance with the claim that, uh, you know, well, this guy lost his arm or this guy was born with no arms. Therefore, we can't say that God is either either exists or he's either good. So I think there needs to be more nuance on the part of those making those conclusions. Well, I'm in the context of I'm out of faith healing and being taught as a kid that God heals things if you're sincere and you believe and have faith. Right. So I'm just saying that it sure is odd that none of the amputees got healed or had enough faith or the burn victims didn't or the people with mental retardation or down syndrome those kind of people didn't get healed but so i'm just saying that that's just the case what Maybe about stories though what what about i'm a little skeptical myself nowadays with uh when i hear charismatics talk about the supernatural experiences they they've uh, witnessed but I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not a cessationist either. Uh, I'm not gonna flat out say that God doesn't do this anymore, uh, because in, in the, the, the reason is very simple. Because I'm not God. I don't have omniscient knowledge, so I wasn't there when they've witnessed these things, um, and neither were you. So you can't really. I don't think. And I'm not saying that you particularly, Olivia, but but, but anyone. Uh, no one who is a non-believer could assert that these things don't happen. Why? Because I've never bore witness to it. You know what I mean? So, so why I not just, just say that I've been yeah. to so many tent revivals and I was a charismatic Pentecostal yeah. for my whole, and I've seen speaking in tongues and, and yeah. I'll just tell you, it just felt made up to me. Like I, I, I can say, I know my mom was sincere. She got taken in by it. I don't think that the head preacher, I think he was like the movie uh, that Steve Martin made. I think that there are nefarious <laughs> people out there yeah. in the world. I think there are nefarious people in the world who take oh, advantage yeah. of the gullible. And that's, yeah, I'm, that I don't know me. that God isn't real. I'm just saying that no faith healing church I've ever been to or no tent revival I've ever been to seemed like it was true. It seems. See, and, and that's what I appreciate your position there because you're speaking subjectively and you're being honest about it. Uh, you're not being dogmatic or ob you're not speaking objectively about it. You're not saying right. that this doesn't happen. You're just saying that through your own personal experience and observation, you've never seen any of these things or you, you're not convinced that this is a, a validation of the God of the Bible. Right. So I, I, yeah, I appreciate I mean, your, your position. Yeah. 
I, I would just say that that all I would I would change my mind in a moment if I saw leg regrow. I would. Like it would it would be easy. It would be easy, right? Are you we sure didn't about that? If I saw a leg regrow after someone said, please God heal my leg, and I saw a leg grow, I would have thought, God healed the leg. That'd be science, well, right? I, I might be, have that a... would be that would be science. You can do science on God. I uh, see, see, that's that's where I might slightly disagree with you, but that's more of a segue into a different kind of uh, conversation regarding uh, theology, uh, more theological, um, you know, and soteriological. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what some other Christians here are. I, I, I'm, a, I hold to what's called the Calvinist view or Reformed view, and oh, uh, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, Calvinists, yeah. Calvinists are like God either picked people to go to hell or picked people to go to heaven. Well, again, see, there you go. You got to You got to You got to Depending on which Calvinist you talk to, and uh, and what your understanding of Calvinism actually is, a lot of people that uh, attack Calvinism have a, a skewed uh, idea of what, it, and it's often a lot of straw man going on. But I don't want to get into that topic now, unless okay. you guys want to. But but I'm just saying the reason why I'm bringing it up is because. In my view, this is just my opinion. I know some other Christians might disagree, but I don't believe that you would that you seeing a leg growing or an amputee, you know, grow some limbs uh, would be the main thing that's going to, you know, wake you up and say, Jesus is Lord and bring you to faith. Okay, the best thing because what we're going to end up seeing is over and over again what we see. Well, it wouldn't necessarily be Jesus. It depends on if they prayed well, to Jesus. If right, they prayed right. to God and God regrew the leg, I believe in God. I wouldn't necessarily believe in Jesus because right, let but, me tell you, this guy Tobia Singer, this Jewish rabbi, oh, he does yes. a lot to break up down what I used yeah. to believe as yeah. far as the Bible goes. Yeah, Have you ever yeah. guys heard of this guy? Oh like, yeah, he he's but he's afraid to have a debate with Michael Brown. Uh, you know, so Michael Brown is probably one of the best uh, Christian apologists uh, against guys like Tovia Singer. And Tovia Singer has made it very clear that he will not debate this guy again because, uh, well, for whatever reason. So I don't know. Guys, I don't know I'll that be that right did. back in a moment. I'll be right back in a moment. I'm going to grab me some dinner. TTR, by the way, you're doing a great I'm job. Have a nice meal. I, I, hey, I but, but real quick, yeah, real quick, real quick. I sure, wanted to respond sure. to someone when I posted that link showing that ninety percent of scientists believe in God of some form. This person wrote, "Oh, so you're using a website called GodEvidence.com? Would you prefer I use AtheistHateGod.com or something? <laughs> I mean, where do you think I'm going to get the information from? I don't think an guy. atheist would post information. That's a genetic like that. fallacy, Brett. That's a genetic fallacy." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get me some dinner. You guys oh. are doing great. Okay, real quick, because uh, I know other people want to speak, uh, but the, the reason why I brought up the issue of whether or not you believe if you actually see these things happen before your very eyes is because, uh, again, um, we, we through my personal observation, since we want to speak of all things temporal, um, we've seen constantly over and over again atheists uh, hear testimonies, maybe even bear witness to some supernatural events. And yet they always try, they go out of their way to come up with some naturalistic or materialistic explanation for it. Or they just simply say, uh, we don't have an answer for it, but science in the future will come up with an answer. Like, you know, and that, see, that's usually the type that, of response yeah. that we get. <laughs> so so th that's why I'm saying that if you were to see, I, I'm not saying that you won't because I don't know your mind. I'm not God. 
But I'm just saying, I have strong doubt <laughs> that if you were to see a limb grow right now, right before your eyes, in the name of Jesus, I, me personally, I have very strong doubt that that could end up bringing you to faith. You would just end up coming up with a naturalistic uh, explanation for it. I mean, uh, speaking of miracles, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And the response of his enemies was to say, not only kill Jesus, kill Lazarus again, too. So, yeah. That's why he's that's a little what the, That's what people would do today. If, if some exactly. person raised a zombie up, what would we do? It wasn't a yeah, zombie. Really? Say, kill the witch. It wasn't yeah, a remember zombie, what man. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for why? They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. What are the things that, that are spiritually discerned? The things that are of God, the spirit, the things that speak about the spirit of God, the, the supernatural things, the spirit, spiritual things. These things that we talk about, are foolishness to the natural mind. They're foolishness to the atheists and the materialists. Uh, and the reason why uh, they can't understand it because these things that we speak about, you know, resurrection of the dead, being, you know, people being healed of physical ailments, these things require spiritual discernment. But see, the atheist, the natural mind, because they find this type of stuff foolishness, the only way that they have to explain away these type of things that they're seeing is through some naturalistic attempt or materialist attempt. Maybe. And that's why, just, that, yeah, go that ahead. Is just so, that is just different than my understanding. I, I don't, I think, I think that we are the embodiment of God's actions, that God doesn't do magic in the world. We are God's magic. That's why we are created. God wants good things in the universe. God doesn't say magic, good things. Humans do the good things by the decree of God. We are God's will on this plane of existence, not some magic miracle. That would Miracles only don't exist because we are the miracle and we make the magic happen, right? But that would, that would only apply if you were actually following the will of the God you're talking about. If you reject that God, you're obviously not going to do what he wants. I mean, let's just, let's jump past, is God real? Why should I believe in your God? And I say this to any Muslim, to any Jew, or a Hindu, or a Sikh, whatever. Why would I believe in you? Why would what what are they what evidence is there to say that Jesus is real versus Muhammad is right versus Shiva is right? You mean besides all the historical documentation outside the Bible that says not only that Jesus exists, but he also performed miracles to support his claim to be God and that his resurrection from the dead was reported by his followers after three days so besides all of that that wouldn't that wouldn't count that's the bible no 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 no. roman historians no, no. Are not the material. Yeah. i'm not so material. sure about there's like what one roman historian who wrote something down i don't know that no, that's uh, try try eight of them and they all write different details and they all yeah. were at the end of the first century beginning of the second century yeah you should know by now that uh that there is only a small handful of atheists uh, in this in the world that actually reject uh, the 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 fact that Jesus existed, and these oh, other very small handful. They're, they're the minority. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know that there's a minority. I mean, there's at least a hundred. I mean, there's a hundred scientists who don't even think Socrates was real. You know what I mean? It's it, it's just if you don't write anything down eventually you will be suspicious as being fake, right? Whether you're Jesus, whether you're Socrates, whether you're 
King Tut. It doesn't well, matter. There's more documentation for Jesus and his life than most popular ancient figures of history. So if you're going to go down that route, you can't really cast doubt on Jesus's existence. Well, whether he's God manifest is the doubt. Like, do is yeah, why would I believe? Why would I believe Jesus is God? I mean, well, I think Jesus might be a prophet. That, but that's I'm the big contention right there. Yeah. And when I bring up the Roman historians, they didn't write from the perspective of, oh, yeah, everything Jesus said was true. These were people who didn't care about Jews, who right. didn't care about Christians. The fact that they even specified Jesus by name is a miracle because they tended to not care about Christians and Jews. And they mm -hmm. not only call them out by name, they give you certain details in each of their different accounts. And then yeah. you take all the accounts together and you put all the details together to paint the overall picture. You get a Jesus that is congruent with the New Testament Gospels, but is less detailed than they are. So if, if we go down the road of non-biblical sources, it actually mm -hmm. lines up pretty well with the New Testament Gospels regarding Jesus. The Gospels simply provide you information that the Roman historians don't. Like how people reacted to Jesus's teachings and his claims and his miracles. If, if those things are true, right? I don't, I've never seen a miracle. So I find miracle claims to be very dubious. I'd have to see one to believe one. Also, the claims of what Jesus is seem rather strange. They don't make much logical sense to me. So I find them hard to believe for example why did jesus have to come and sacrifice himself so that he choose to forgive us that makes no logical sense to me why would god have to kill themselves to forgive me they could just i forgive you i love that question and i would challenge every christian to take on trying to answer that question yes I was just going to say, Jesus explained why he was doing that in his earthly ministry. It was to pay the ransom for all the people of the past, the present, and who would come in the future who would sin against God. He was making payment for their sins so that if they repent and enter into a personal relationship with God, the sacrifice Jesus made would be applied to their sin ledger. They'd be forgiven of their sins. And then when they stand before God, instead of God seeing all of their sins, and their crimes against him. He sees the righteousness of Jesus, and he allows them to spend. They're the same person, though. Jesus is oh, wait, God. Wait, I, I think. Right? I think so what Jesus she's really. God. Yes, yeah, I think what no. she's really. Yeah, I, I think what she's really trying to ask, and uh, Olivia, you could correct me if I'm wrong, because um, mm -hmm. I ask this questions too, is that if Jesus is God, God is God. He's he, he possesses what's called a sadie. He is self sufficient. He doesn't depend on anything outside of himself in order to exist or to to consist or to maintain whatever. Right. Why was he under any obligation to make salvation attainable in the fashion that he did? Oh, That's was the he, question, I think. Was he obligated to do any of that? The answer yeah. is no. There he did go. not need to do any well, of that. He could be evil sadist. God could be an evil monster. That is correct. Well, there's no, there's no reason who, to though. the creator of the universe is nice. If he, he could be, but according to what standard? What's the objective standard that exists outside the human mind that is greater than God? That's what I'd like to know. Look, if God is torturing their creation for fun, they're not nice. Well, I'm not going to have any problem saying so. According to what standard? Well, well yeah, according My to what standard. standard. If I'm being tortured 
I know what torture is, right? Mm-hmm. So if God's torture, gonna, if you're going to call God a, a torturer, let's just say God doesn't have to be nice. Well, okay, then I reject mean God. Send me to hell. Well, the God of the Bible doesn't torture any human being for eternity. He only does that to Satan and his demons, according to Revelation. The people who are not written in the book of life who are humans, they actually experience what is called the second death, which occurs at the lake of fire. So annihilationist. You're an annihilationist. You're an annihilationist? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, well, Revelation but, well, 20. I reject the idea of hell. The idea of hell is an evil concept that no just God would, would create a hell. That's why I'm not that. Uh, the Bible makes it clear that hell is just a holding cell that people go to until the great white throne judgment. And then those whose names are not found in the book of life, they're tossed into the lake of fire. They experience the second death. And that's it for them. There is no eternal conscious torment for anyone other than Satan and his demons, which now, is I, earlier in the book. Now, now, let me respond to that. Now, Olivia, let's say the case is true that eternal conscious torment exists. Again, you still got to answer the question. Uh, what standard are you going by to determine objectively that this would be an inherently immoral thing? Um, it's torture. Like, is there an objective? Uh, we're talking about morality. Though. Morality? Know you're, you're saying there's no objective? I, I'm talking about, I know torture. That uh, if God torment. says torture is okay, it's okay. And then that's yeah, it. Well, but Maybe you're not you're... giving me... Wait, but you're not giving me an objective standard to tell me, to prove to me that torture for all eternity is actually immoral. You're giving me opinions. You're giving me a perspective, but you're not giving me anything objective. I don't know. It, it is. I mean, there is no objective in that way. Right. So um, I would objectively say that torturing like we could go and say, hey, let's torture this kitten. Do you think this kitten is enjoying this activity? Right. It would be a that we you could said argue it. about it. We could well, argue, you, we could debate it. Well, right? the only thing we could objective about a hundred kittens in a row. Well, the only we thing objective just, about that would be that the fact that you actually stated it, but you're not. No, we can just we could not, maybe I'll, I'll retract it. Not, we listen, but it's not, should we but it's torture answer, hundred kittens? But it's not answering a question on the moral nature of the thing, and, we and don't you're not know. giving us a standard. I, it, well, well, I think Christians do. I think Christians. Christians, do. Christians. Yeah. I don't know. You're saying that that uh, that torture is okay. I don't know that I trust your moral standard. No, no. We're saying that everything that God does is is inherently just. So might makes right is what no. you're saying. No, that we're not God saying that. is we're the saying biggest, meanest thing that, in the universe. Right? That so that, God is right because God is the toughest. We're saying is that, that everything that standard? we're saying that everything that God does is just, and there is no standard outside Based of Him. Based on that, what? That he, what is God just based, based on, on himself? Based on himself, because he is the Alpha and Omega. There's nothing greater than toughest. him. Because he's the toughest. Because he's the toughest. No, that's not how it works. No, because you have There's to have nothing above him. In Hebrews, God him. says that when he swore his oath to Abraham, he swore by himself because there was nothing greater than him to swear by. Amen. So what's the standard or thing that's greater than God that allows you to condemn any of God's actions as wrong or torture. What's well, the... I mean, certainly that, you know, it's if might makes right, God is right. If God is the toughest thing in the universe. Now, if we're using something like, I don't know, I, I personally think torturing creatures is wrong. And parents who torture their children, like burn them with cigarettes when they're bad or molest them or, you know, set their legs on fire or anything. Those people are bad. Maybe right. you disagree. I'm just saying. We agree. But, but you why? know. I just think that that's wrong. And well, so no, God wouldn't agree. do that. 
Well, we, we, you know, Christians agree with that, but the question is, why do why? you say that it's wrong? Why do we, well, why do we say what we say? That's what he's trying because to Because it causes pain and suffering. Ah, there we go. Mm. Because it causes what? Say that one more time. Pain and suffering. What, one more time, a third time. Ah, there you go. See, you can't see that the, the natural mind cannot escape from the fact that they, when they, when the issue of morality comes up, they cannot get away from being subjective with their position. They have to go by some form of pragmatism, conventionalism, uh, what's yes. the word? Utilitarianism. Utili see, see, morality they, see is she's subjective. Like, yeah, I'm glad that you it said that. Now, it's so, contextual. Now, 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 so now, wait a minute. So now, now that you said that, all you're doing then by making these complaints about, and you have the right to, I don't want to kill the conversation. I'm just right. saying that when you make these complaints about God being a moral monster, you've, you, you fail to show anyone here by an, through an objective means to prove that that is actual, actually the case. What you're doing, you have no choice but to resort uh -huh. to some form of subjectivity, which because doesn't that's help what morality your case at all. Is. No, morality but then, is subjective. It is not then, an object. Then, 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 then your arguments about God being a moral monster or would be a moral monster if such and such were true are arbitrary. I think we need to take a time out here on this argument. We should give Cindy a yeah. chance to talk. Yeah, let's have a little yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Chi. Hi, Olivia. Hi. Um, I really appreciate how you started out by saying that you wanted to be respectful, even though you don't respect um, the yak position. And I, I want to validate what you're saying about pain and suffering being immoral, because that's what we know on this planet. If somebody inflicts pain and suffering on us, they're immoral. Um, hell, when I first became a Christian, was one of the hardest things for me to swallow. And as I've walked through life and had people steal and rape and um, gaslight and abuse the shit out of me, I have come to understand why a loving God would not allow that to go unchecked. He does wish, the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so he allows that shit to go on for a while, giving them chances. Kind of like Pharaoh, we gave him 10 plagues. And Pharaoh hardened his heart, I think it was nine times. And then the tenth time, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But I, I, from what you see on the planet, how man abuses men, how man abuses children, and I don't mean man like the gender, I mean human. Right, yeah. There are things that go on on this planet that are hell worthy. That's my position. Yeah. And I would I, add. Oh, I agree ahead. with you. I'm sorry. I do agree with her, but I don't want to believe in God so that I can believe in revenge on my enemies. That's a horrible reason to believe in God. Well, God doesn't seek revenge. I mean, the very verse That's that Cindy referred to him. The very well, I, verse that Cindy referred to says specifically he's giving 
everyone a chance to repent in order to avoid what's coming to them. He doesn't want to judge anyone for their crimes. But the fact of the matter is some people are going to be judged for their crimes because they don't want to take the out that God gives them. He's given us every out we can get, even though we don't deserve it. And I think that's very loving for him to do. Maybe. I mean, I do appreciate what you said, Cindy, and I and and I don't dismiss it what you say at all. I just kind of think that, gosh, this is already kind of hell, you know? What what's <laughs> ne- what would be worse than what we're already in? Do you know what I mean? That oh my goodness! Something sweet about you have no justice. idea <laughs> when you go to a courtroom and you're being victimized. It's very precious when the judge says that man is lying, or he did this, that, and I, I see the evidence. You're correct. He did this to you. You need restitution. Restitution is not the same as vengeance for an evil motive. It's there's a sweetness about justice. Um, okay. And then can I ask a real quick question about justice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what my one main one of the main problems I have with Christianity has always been about Jesus and salvation. That it's a get out of jail free card. You can behave any sort of way for your whole life. And then I'm safe. I got, I believe in Jesus. Therefore I'm safe. And I hear, you know, come on. Some of the worst people on earth are Christian because they believe in that. I actually, the problem is the Bible doesn't teach that though. That exactly. The Bible. um, Antinomians. I agree with you. If that were the case, however, that's false teaching because if you continue to do what God says God died for, Jesus died for sins, right? So if you're going to keep doing sins, well, then you're, you're in disagreement with him. If you're going to say, I'm sorry, I stole that from you here. Let me give you four times what I stole. That's fruit in keeping with repentance. Mm -hmm. And without fruit in keeping with repentance, just a simple word that says, oh, I accepted Jesus in my heart is quite frankly bullcrap. And Jesus isn't Mm going to buy it any more than you did. I think he agrees with you about that. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says there's going to be a lot of people who claim the name of Jesus and claim to do all these great works in his name. And when they finally meet him at the judgment, they're going to be told by Jesus, I never knew you away from evildoers. Wait, wait, TTO. All right. He says that I used to know you, but you screwed up. So now you're done. Right. That's what the verse actually says. Right. No, no. No. Anyone can fact check that. Oh, okay, okay. No, I, I got you. I, I like to do that sometimes. But um, yeah, I also, uh, the, the Bible gives very strong emphasis on the transformative power of the Holy Spirit as well. So you don't, it's not just, you know, re- regeneration is not a, a, a verbal or vocal proclamation of your allegiance to Christ. Uh, there's an actual uh, change uh, that comes with it as well, which is re- what we call regeneration. So. Yeah, so you're not going to born uh, again comes from. Well, born well, that's you know, know, I mean, that's part of it, but uh, yeah, regeneration. Yeah, I was just going to say real quick. uh, um, 
yeah, for you guys, all kinds of passages. I won't go through them all, but you know, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be a new creature, he is a, you know, you know, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So all you got all these evidential that passages that talk about how a person uh, is transformed. It doesn't mean that they stop sinning overnight. It just means that there is a change with regards to the sin that they once used to commit, and that they don't justify it anymore. Then now they're convicted by it, uh, even if they do it in the dark and when no one else sees them. They still feel remorse, regret, you know, conviction, conflict, that kind of thing. The non-believer doesn't have those kinds of things, but go ahead. I wanted to agree with Livy on one other thing that she said in terms of the faith healing. I think that her observation that there's charlatans out there, and she used the word nefarious, who are using the gospel as game. They're using the gospel to line their pocketbooks mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and jesus agrees with you on that too and he's going to spew them out of his mouth and it makes me really upset that that kind of fraud in the church made you conclude that the whole church was a fraud or that jesus was a fraud or that if this is christianity no thanks and i guess i just want to validate you that jesus agrees and he was harshest with those who were in the church the pharisees he called them a brood of vipers because he turned the house of prayer into a den of thieves he's agreeing with you yeah yeah and i'm, I'm religion, religion i just you know once i decided that i grew up in a cult i had picking something new isn't very simple it can create a kind of scorched earth policy for the more pure forms of Christianity if your only exposure was to a cultish sect of one. Yeah. I've been in a cult as well, and I know people who left who say the same thing. They don't want anything to do with the church ever again. And it's mm -hmm. sad because I I believe that um, Jesus was the God of creation come to earth to make to give us an olive branch and yeah. that um the proof for the 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 evidence that he was god's son the creator's son was in the fact that he had the power of life and was able to resurrect both himself lazarus jairus's daughter and the widow's son and there is non-scriptural, extra-biblical evidence for the resurrection. And if you Google that, there's some really good stuff on that, which I found really compelling. And that's one of the reasons why I was able to um, come to faith. And to add to what uh, you were talking about earlier, uh Olivia, about not liking charlatans and swindlers who use the gospel for their own personal gain. I, as a Bible-believing Christian, am right there with you. I hate that stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, I, don't use, I don't use that stuff for my gain. When I make the content I do and I make the arguments that I do, I say all this stuff because I really believe it. I don't make money off of this. I don't well, gain you, yeah. really I don't anything mean you. from this. I know, I know. I mean those 
faith healing, make a vow of faith type preachers, you yeah. know, Robert Tilton. I mean, the, the ones who I'm talking about were just, we could easily all agree on who they are, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I don't, outside, but, it, you know, the, the kind of Jesus I would believe in, right, would is the universal Jesus. Meaning I'm a universalist, if I'm going to be a Christian, that Jesus, if, if what you're saying is true, get Jesus is God and Jesus died for all of our sins. That that full stop, there's no sin I can commit ever that isn't already forgiven. Jesus can't fail at a task. Therefore, I am always forgiven. Therefore, nothing I do is going to get me to heaven. Meaning some faith I have is irrelevant, Right. The well, thing about the Bible, though, is it doesn't stop to. there. That the Bible doesn't the, stop there. That means ahead, the sit. swindlers get to go, too. Sorry, I think they would ruin heaven. They, right. I mean, I don't know what I don't know how to say how evil people will be judged. But I can just say that in the logic of what of it is, is that we're all forgiven, that that that's what the sacrifice was for. That we're just forgiven that 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 it's fulfilled, it's done, no, right? So no. we're just forgiven on repentance. You have to agree. Confess means agree. You have to agree that that certain things are sin, and then repent. You can't mm -hmm. just keep going in your merry way and ignore everything he tells us about how to behave, and yeah. say, "Well, I'm forgiven, so it doesn't matter." I mean. I'm going to go to the bank because I'm forgiven. Well, it, that yeah. is not logical. It's, funny I, it's a hard question. It's I don't know. So, yeah. As much as I would love for everybody to be saved, I really honestly would. And I cry for those that I love. And I pray that they will have a deathbed conversion. But I do think that repentance is the price. We have well, to. Well, I think that. Being good at maybe is good um, enough. Agree with the Lord. I don't think that you have to have a specific thing you believe. Is what I mean. That I think that you don't have to be a Christian, right? You don't have to believe in Jesus. That Jesus has no ego, right? So a Muslim can go to heaven, or a Jew, or or a Hindu, as long as you're a good person Isn't in your scriptural? heart. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't care yeah. about scripture. I think the Bible was written by people. Well, yeah, humans but... and translated by humans. Yeah, inspired humans by God, but written. God used those humans like we use pens to write stuff, so I don't really see why that's an argument. Because I don't trust that God did anything. No, I, I mean, don't trust other humans. We have well, if you can't trust stuff universe. that people wrote down, then you can't trust anyone who tells you that evolution or atheism or billions of years is true because you, you they were men who wrote it down too. You beat me to the punch. I was just going to say. Um, I didn't know we were talking about writing things down. I thought we were talking about universalism and well, yeah, everyone's saved no matter what they do. As a well, maybe not no matter what they do. You have but to maybe intention fruit in keeping with repentance. Yeah, like if you're a good person and you do your best in not the planet, that we can never any of us be perfect. But right. the repentance comes when you acknowledge that the Bible's standard of morality is true and that you have sinned against God by that standard and you repent of those sins and then accept Jesus. That's the right. only time when you your salvation occurs. The whole That's what I was must accept Jesus. That means, that means agree. 
is where no, I think Jesus I is wrong. Agree with the Lord that the things can in I, the Bible he claims are sin, are sin. I want. I wanted to say. Uh, sometimes I. I, I, I to believe oh, in his son. Let's let uh, let's let Veckles do his thought. A real quick, a, a, a few years ago, one of the things that I used to encounter by atheists is that uh, I would I would come up with a scenario like, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, they'll ask you, do you think Adolf Hitler is in heaven? I says, I don't know. They're like, oh, what, what, do, what do you mean you don't know? I says, well, I mean, for all I know, he could have been in utter sincerity at his dying breath, turned to Christ and repented. Is, and you think that he'll be in heaven after all the evil that he's done? I say, absolutely. If he truly repented of his sins at his dying breath. Only, and only God is the one who who can see the sincerity of that. Then I I believe that we would see him in heaven. Yes. But if he yeah. didn't, then it's pretty obvious. But if he didn't, know. right, right. <laughs> so now now here's my problem with universalism. My problem with universalism is that uh, you know the, these people, these same people, uh, agree with us regarding how justice ought to be performed, right? Is but they're saying that instead of the person. I can't hear anything. Say what? Is Beckel uh, saying I'll, something? Cindy, you're going to have to reload. You're, for some reason, you're having issues over there. Anytime yeah, you try, uh, try refreshing, yeah. coming back in, that kind of thing. Okay. See if that helps. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that happens with me sometimes. But um, see, but in universalism, uh, one doesn't have to repent and, and uh, mm -hmm. you know ask Christ to forgive them. They can do whatever they want. And then why? They'll still end up going to heaven. Why? Because, well, God is a universalist uh, and he wants... You know, he desires that none should perish, but that all will come to repentance. But but they don't have to come to repentance under universalism. So uh, they're you, still going yeah. to heaven. Yeah, right, right. So when you complain, when you complain, Olivia, about the pain and evil and suffering in the world, you should be rejecting universalism because in that worldview, none of that gets punished. Everyone gets away. Exactly. Everybody's going to heaven, including you know. I often I'm yeah, trying not, to be good. Right, I'm trying to be like why? Jesus. Why? Why be good? If, but if uh, universalism is true, none of that matters. Well, she's not universalist though, either. Right? I'm not you... necessarily. I just think I don't know that everyone gets in, but I don't think that you have to have a. There's a magic incantation. Nor do I think Jesus or God are truly egomaniacs that require our worship or our acknowledgement. I just think Amen, that is but... wrong. It sounds wrong to me that worship me. No, Jesus doesn't want your worship. Jesus is not an egomaniac. Jesus why? forgives you and loves you. Why? How come when his disciples worshipped him in the Gospel of John and the other Gospels, he didn't say anything negative to them in response? Right. Why did he accept their worship then? Yeah. They were, people worshipped Jesus as God. I'm not aware uh -huh. that people worshipped oh, Jesus yeah. as God. Read like the Gospels. The they worshipped oh, yeah. him as God, called him Stop. God, and he accepted it. They worshipped him when he was a baby. When he was a baby. Read Matthew chapter 2. I don't two. believe that for a second. The virgin okay. story is... No. You want, you want to do a quick Bible study then? Well, no, I would say that I would just have to refer you to Tovia Singer and go, ah. it doesn't make much sense. <laughs> You're not going to tell me kings from around the world showed up for a baby and a teenage mom... And then he's going to head for the years and he's nothing special and has to get crucified? God doesn't wait, wait, wait. We can clearly show you several passages where Jesus is worshipped and he never rebuked anybody. He's ah, worshipped every day. found one. Let me bring it up. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. But I found I a good, I've had a really good one that yeah. Paul's been talking about. Oh! I've got a screen share. Uh-oh. And put that Not on. Anything. I think right. her authority isn't um the scripture go. so if you 
if you I know, but she said that Jesus never accepted worship, and here we have in yeah. John 20, verse 20, uh, 28 and 29, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed Wait, are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Wait, Jesus, I think he was cussing. That's what I think. So when <laughs> Thomas said, my Lord and my God, Jesus was saying that you believe I am those things. And people who haven't seen me and believe those things are more blessed. So Jesus accepted being called God. He accepted being called worship. He accepted prayer. He accepted worship. Uh, he never um, rebuked anybody. Uh, however, we do see the opposite with uh, he was a magician and maybe a cult leader, but he had well, some that, good ideas. That's what one of the Roman <laughs> historians claimed, but that's not borne out by the evidence. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, Jesus I mean, worship, that isn't I try argument, to be respectful. Right. Yeah. I, I'm accepting as much of the Christian mythos as I can to try to work with the culture that I live in about how to convince people to not be shitty humans and how to not be shitty human myself, because I don't want to be. But gosh, I'm not going to. If you really want to get down to it, any guy who thinks is God is crazy. And that's going to include Wait, Jesus, can I ask too. A question. You, uh, yeah. you always seem like a really, really kind person. You have a lot of love and compassion. How can you explain how an unguided process through nature gave you all these abilities to have this kind of love and peace for people? Um, because I think that uh, evolution provides for that, that we evolve to get morality because it helps us. That working in communities and having families provided security, um, right. forming how bonds of trust. How did evolution know that it would help you, though? Can you explain? Because how the ones that you... had it survived better. That's how it works. So that's the process of natural selection. Does evolution so, care if you die? No, it doesn't. Does it care if you suffer? No. Has evolution ever sent you a Christmas card or a birthday? No. Card? It has never why done would that. Why do any of these things? Well, because those things create um, structure, like create individuals who have better chance of survival. Like if people, like families that have, who love and take care of one another, their kids survive more and have but more you kids. you just said that evolution doesn't care if you die or if you Evolution survive. is just the process that happens. The is only things that process? are the beings themselves. No, it's not. Well, I mean, it's guided by the things alive. But you right? just said that you just said that it picks uh, what will help out the living. No, thing. it doesn't it pick. Things either guided. help or don't help, right? So the things that have advantages live, and the things that have disadvantages die, and that's how it works. So if you don't have kids into the next generation, you you don't pass on your genes. So, you know, angry loners who are violent, they tend to not have too many children. And people who have morals and live in communities and help their friends and neighbors and family, they tend to stick around. People stick up for them. They don't die. They have families. They give, you know, people help them out when they have a rough time. You know, that, so that means they have more kids. Okay, and so then where, those kids pass on those ideas. Does it teach these things, though? It's so, evolution it's so teaches it's nothing. Like, Right, you're you're the like don't pre, you're anthropomorphizing the idea of evolution like it's a thing. Well, no, no, no. I'm asking you, what are these uh, these called? These 
uh, mutations that you speak of that was brought into the, the species to make it give a damn? The what makes people care? I'm asking you through evolution, what did it, what is the name of these genes or these setups that created this construct of morality? Well, I mean, we got a, we got a complex and enough brain to understand them and form these ideas. We made them up. Don't okay, you know? but what are the name of the mechanisms that started this uh, oh, I don't moral know. system? Well, uh, moral you're, you're systems just assuming so... that evolution does this. Well, other animals have these moral systems too. You know, you can watch YouTube videos of dogs helping each other out, you know, protecting their injured friend or cats doing the same thing or even less advanced creatures. So at a certain point, like it's, it's part of our biology to have empathy for your fellow creature, you know, it, it, uh, it is. There's a lot of people that whose very existence and life behavior would disagree with that. <laughs> well, that's, that may be true, right? There are abnormal people and there's not one clear path that, anything takes like there's a definite adv survival advantage to being an evil person and just uh, eating Olivia, your neighbor Olivia, let me let me show you something real quick and then explain to me because you're a compassionate kind person you seem like you have a lot of good ideas in your head but how do you explain mm -hmm. things like this i can't I mean, explain evil right i don't understand evil i don't really comprehend it and probably the existence of evil is one of the great mysteries of, you know, w why I don't just believe in God. God created evil? Okay, then. You're not but very all-powerful, God. Olivia, think about that. It sounds to me as though you're actually convinced an objective evil does, in fact, exist. You keep saying this over and over. Evil is oh, real. Yeah. There's evil Evil people. is real. Now, think about evil this, Olivia. If uh, there is such a thing as objective evil, then there must also be objective evil. Well, good no, it's a subjective contrast. evil. Like morality. When I speak in morality, I, I'm speaking truly subjectively. I All don't right. have any objective truth because I can't, you know, if I'm going to claim, I don't claim some objective truth as far as good or bad or things like that. Gotta be now, careful I may speak with, with conviction. Know, I know who Mr. Lizard is. I might yeah. speak with conviction, so, like Olivia, I you believe, don't believe it. in evil anymore. You, you're basically saying evil is nothing more than an opinion now. I don't believe in objective facts necessarily. No, but you don't behave that way. We can see in your conversations with us, right? That you really believe evil exists. Like I believe not just evil in a, exists. And not I believe just in a subjective exist. sense either. That's the way you're acting. Yeah, and we're simply well, trying to point out that how weird is that a, is. evil. <laughs> Olivia, well, I had to give up whether Olivia, torture was evil. Olivia, so I don't, I'm not going to claim. <laughs> Olivia, Olivia, you know in your heart that there is true evil out there. You know that if a yeah. guy goes out there and rapes, murders, and mutilates children, you're going to consider exactly. this everything. And you feel it in your guts. So don't just try to That's say evil. that it's an opinion. You're, it's wired in you. You know what the difference between good and well, evil is. Well, that's what. That's what I was, you know, going for earlier, but in the debate where I'm, you know, you're saying, what's the objective truth? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You're not, it's not going to be you a book that I haven't seen work. written by God. Well, what, uh, what we're seeing here on our interaction with you in this stream is that mm -hmm. when you talk about evil, you talk about mm -hmm. as if it's very real, it's very personal. It makes you very upset. Your yes. gut reaction is that it's real, but then mm -hmm. when your worldview kicks in, 
you for you admit that it's not real. It's just a subjective well, thing. Well, no, in your head. I is that I, I, I don't know. The I see a disconnect between your worldview truth. and your behavior is what I'm saying. If you well, if you believe your yeah. worldview strongly enough, I don't think you'd be as emotional as you are when you talk about evil and pain and well, suffering in the world. Evil is bad, but for example, earlier I you didn't accept that I you know that torture is objectively evil, and so I have nothing outside of that. So uh, I would say so. Then it, I gave up claiming any objective morality to move the conversation along. So in, in our conversation, I, I've give I've already seceded that, okay, well, let's just drop objective morality in that if we can't agree that torture is objectively evil outside of a book telling us so, then let we the, just can't uh, agree on what morality. Let the record show that TTOR never has and never will endorse torture. Just <laughs> right. <laughs> Olivia, but I'm just Beckel saying was that was how I came to that. You. Uh, Beckel was trying to get you to explain why it is that you say where you get this idea or concept of this. He was trying to get you to basically concede that there has to be an objective creator of reality in order for you to make statements like this. He wasn't trying to say torture's all right, that, hey, let's everybody get to it, you know, kill some kittens. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I was just like, well, I don't have any factoid that proves objective morality. So I can't, like, okay, I'll give up that idea. And that's, that's the honest position. If exactly, it's honest. True. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's all I was saying is that, you know, whenever I have these discussions with atheists or anybody who takes morality to be subjective, I says, listen, man, if all you're going to say is that this is my opinion, I think this is wrong because of yada, 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 fine, I'll leave it at that. The problem then when the contention comes when they make dogmatic statements about somebody else's worldview or somebody whose view who's contrary to their own. And then they say, oh, that's wrong. That means you're an evil person. Well, OK, now you have an obligation to explain to us how you know for a fact in an objective fashion that this person's view of this moral action is wrong. And this is where I think the subjectivist uh, fails to uh, give an, an answer because they can't help but to resort to, again, some form of subjectivity where pragmatism, utilitarianism, conventionalism, you know, consequentialism, all rooted in some form of subjectivity. But they can't get, they can't get away from that. I'd like to take a little break here. He's been in this room for several minutes, and I haven't seen him flash a ding-a-ling, so I'm assuming this is ah. Mr. Lizard. Yes. Good. I was right. Yeah, Is Mr. there anything cool. you'd like to talk about, Mr. Lizard, since you're here? Uh, just whenever certain topics are brought up, I will. Ah, uh, okay. Hey, hey uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that while we talked. <laughs> hey, TTOR, I'm about to head out, but uh, I, I'm just, just curious, nothing big. Uh, well, what's, your, what's the TTOR stand for? Just curious. It's an acronym for Truth, the Objective Reality. Truth, the Objective Reality. Yes, and there's a ah, there's a okay, gotcha. there's a colon between truth and the right. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. All right, cool, cool. Well, uh, it's nice talking to everybody. Uh, Olivia, uh, it's good talking to you. Great and, talking uh, to you. You're a very pleasant person, so I appreciate it. Thank and, uh, you, Brett. Always a pleasure. I'll be seeing you soon. 
Beckel, don't forget to check out the uh, links in the description. You can check out TTOR's channel. He's got some really good content over there. So does Veckel, folks. Make sure you check out his channel as well. He's a fantastic artist. Beckel, always wow. a pleasure to talk to you. That, that's subjective. Hi, right? <laughs> that's subjective right there, definitely. Beauty is but, the uh, eye of the beholder. <laughs> All right, well, guys, take care, and uh, God bless. Bye. 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 <laughs> that sounds like a cute kid. Let's see if I do this. Oh, I don't like that. Okay, that's better. So, where do we go from here as we near the end of this magic journey? I just think that I am the happiest rock snot and that God looks on. And I think that all of us rock snot here on Earth, if you look at us from Google Maps, I think that we are rock snot, and there's nothing to be ashamed about. All right. Uh, I don't really have a response to that. <laughs> Why do you believe your rock snot <laughs> for there, Olivia? I just think, I've why not? I've never rock blow his nose. <laughs> so since you're here, Olivia, and since we spent so much time talking religion and worldviews, is there any topic in your mind that's not related to any of that that you'd like to talk about here on the stream? I think that we should be nicer to one another in this nation and stop trying to make hateful laws against LGBT people because we are great and nice. Are we referring, are referring are we referring to Florida by any chance? Yes, Florida. And there's other states too, not just Florida. But Florida's the meanest so far. Well I I guess since you're here and since we've brought this up, uh I've read the bill in question that's caused all this brouhaha, and in a nutshell, it basically just says that with certain age kids, you're not allowed as a teacher to talk about sexual topics, that basically the kids have to be much older before you can even think about entertaining such a discussion with them. What I'm wondering is, what's wrong with that? Well, I think that um, having a rainbow flag in your classroom doesn't necessarily teach children to have sex but that's Nor not what the that's not what the bill is condemning it's or not allowing it's discussion about your sexual life with children that's what the bill's condemning what it was so so you have to talk about intercourse or is it just mentioning that you're you not, have you're a not, gay spouse you're not allowed so to talk about intercourse that, with with children right we can agree on that so that's well, that, common sense well, then but what's my the problem with the bill? Because the bill is just that. My understanding, though, is that it is more than just that, right? If it were just that, we wouldn't have a problem. Sure? My understanding is that a gay teacher uh, has to quit their job rather than get sued because that's the provision of the bill, that they got to school from their honeymoon to their husband, and they had to lose their job because that's somehow a violation of the law and they're going to get sued. Did they talk about all this stuff with their students? Did they, what? Did they, no, they didn't say they had anal sex with their husband. They said they went on their honeymoon with their husband. How is that wrong? Why, because you assume that being married has sex? Well, what? Are you going to hold that standard to the straight teachers too? Well, I just think it's weird. <laughs> 
I don't think straight teachers should be talking about their sex lives with children either. Like mentioned, like that must be serious. How is saying I was just got back from my honeymoon teaching children about sex? But to be fair, I haven't had a chance to read the article yet. There might be. I more haven't to investigated this. that. I read an article. Either. I I read an article last week that a teacher took all their clothes off in class and decided to run around in circles. So I don't know. I got to read the whole article to see what's going on. Teachers have been doing some weird stuff lately. Not the kind of stuff they used to do in my classroom. There's been a lot of stories over the years about teachers grooming their students who were like 14 and below. So. Bills like this are basically part of making sure things like that don't happen. And there have been teachers well, who have openly talked about their sexual lives with children of the ages that the bill says you're not allowed to talk to. So that's why the bill is existing right now and why it was passed. All right. So here's what actually happened according to this. Hold on a second. Hold on. Mm -hmm. According to this, it wasn't just a matter of somebody talking about honeymoon. They were handing out uh, pride bracelets to high school students. Um, okay. Basically promoting and endorsing it. I, well, I don't know if you realize being proud of yourself as a high school student. Why is that talking about sex? A rainbow bracelet isn't sex. Why, Olivia, I'm so, not trying to be cold so, or anything, but you, you claim to have read the article and you kind of misrepresented it. I'm not trying to well, be hateful. I said rainbow flag. So a rainbow does not represent sex, That first off. And a honeymoon doesn't represent sex. And, and you said young children. High school is not young, young children. High school is adults. No. They're teenagers past the age of puberty. Well... So, I, I don't know if you want to continue down that road because if you're under 18, you're a minor. You're not an adult. Now a minor is not a baby. There's a, you said age appropriate. A rainbow bracelet is age appropriate for a 15 year old. Why wouldn't it be? Well, the article also, it's probably important. Doesn't it extend to any and all depictions of anything? Hello. What's that, Brett? I can Brett first, and then Lizard. Go. <laughs> this also says, this was a substitute teacher who had only been on the job for a little bit and decided to start promoting all these different uh, uh, things. So this wasn't like a consistent teacher that had been around for years, and then all of a sudden this happened. Apparently, they had had policies and rules on how they wanted things, and he didn't give a damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was Lizard going to say? I was I was asking, doesn't it have to do with basically anything and everything that even alludes to something gay? I don't. Well, are you talking about the bill itself? Yeah, the, like basically the, the prohibition of any of that stuff. Yeah, it was a really short bill. I think it was like nine or ten pages in length. Uh, the thing I remember seeing that was the part causing all the brouhaha was that basically it prohibited teachers from having conversations about sex and sexual activity and homosexuality and all that stuff with children below a certain age. I think it was like uh, maybe third grade and below you couldn't have those conversations with students of that age. I, it's either third grade or maybe it was fourth grade. But like they allowed like past a certain grade, they deemed it appropriate. But below a certain grade and age, they deemed it not appropriate to have those conversations with those particular age children. That's what the bill was saying from my reading of it. Yeah. 
I understood it was K through three, K through third grade. But then now I'm hearing people just say, no, it's all the way through all of public education. You're not allowed to say it's okay to be gay, well, which is uh, wrong. You should be able to say it's okay to be gay to children. Additional, like schools can make their own policies that aren't part of law that they can prohibit stuff like that, especially if they're like a private school or something. If they don't yeah. want any kind of activism going on at all on campus and they just want it to be a neutral place of learning and growth in that regard, then they can certainly enact their own policies, which may actually be the case of the story we were talking about just a little bit ago about that substitute teacher. It could be they just had a policy that didn't allow that kind of activism and he just yeah, you know, it, so, it, it was rules. violated. It said their policy was violated, and that it, he was actually informed, but he went ahead and did it anyway. So yeah. apparently, he was more interested in handing out pride bracelets to the kids than actually do what the job informed him to do. That's the way it works, though, TTR. If you go up to your uh -huh. job right now and they tell you, "I got rules," and and you give them the middle finger and say, up yours, asshole, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, <laughs> you should expect that it's time to go packing, right? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Of course, I had a horrible job experience where people like that didn't get punished at all, and I got punished for following all the rules and doing a good job. So I, my personal experience conflicts a little bit with that, but I get what you're saying. I just think that regardless of that teacher, whether or not, why would he hand it out to everyone? I agree. But children need to hear that it's okay to be gay because they hear that it's not okay too much. So, Olivia, That's how would you feel if it got turned around and uh, uh, people started going up into the schools and handing out bracelets saying, it's okay to be straight. In fact, it's more awesome sauce. Would you, would you feel that that caused a problem? Well, they already do that. Uh, not I don't really. uh, hand out any. I don't remember it being handed Oh my gosh, the entire culture is sex obsessed and heterosexual. The constant reinforcement of via all the religions and just all advertising, just the culture. Everything is straight obsessed and kind of sex obsessed. But I see well, more LGBT like, well, more ads like, everywhere you know, I look. That's like the opposite of what you're talking about. What do you That's mean? More like American culture. I watch corporate commercials that they're putting out on ads for like YouTube and TV and whatnot, and they're shoving LGBT commercials in our face every day. That's the opposite of There's... the culture you're describing. No, no, no. Very few commercials have LGBT people in them. Very few. Well, actually, aren't those, aren't those commercials considered pandering and the LGBTQ community doesn't really like them at all? I mean, well, that it could depends. be true too, but the fact is, they are represented in way more ads than they should be. What? I don't think we're in nearly enough ads. Because there's not that many. I don't watch many ads, but I don't know. I can't think of outside of a few. And I would only know them because conservatives get upset. But I've never really seen a gay ad ever. I just never seen it. If you want to see a whole lot of that, if, you, if uh, that's what you're interested, you need to get HBO Max, Netflix, and uh, there's a couple, IMDb, right. they got 
Every time I turn around my TV, I'm hearing about car insurance, a talking damn lizard, and, and gay couples doing their things. So I see it all the time. I don't know what kind <laughs> of TV you're watching. I was just going to say to Olivia that if the reason why she hasn't seen these ads is because she doesn't watch much TV or similar content on streaming internet sites, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that I'm not where it's at. I mean... I just don't watch. I mean, I guess I don't see like mainstream things where I think normal people would be not, you know, like non-gay people. Yeah. I don't know. I, think I don't see. Yeah. I think I found it funny. I think I found it funny what this one person mm. said. The people who usually see those ads the most are, are the ones who actively seek them out. Hey, lizard, do you know this person called this one guy? Yes, he is a toglodyte, and he owes me fifty bucks. But he's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. No, he's not. I'm very racist. I'm very racist, so I might accidentally say a racist joke here and there. Oh, be careful with that. If you do that, my hair will light on fire. No, don't do that. The screen deleted and get the channel a strike. Don't strike. Don't strike. That's a damn lie because I'm very racist on my streams and I haven't gotten one taken down yet. Well, we're not going to well, do that on my stream. We ain't taking a chance. That's right. Not no yet. chance. I, mean, I haven't harbored enough hate with my racism yet. I'm a very lovable racist. People tend to like, oh, look at that racist. He's very handsome and cute. Who uh, could hate such a silly little guy However, like that? I still, I still think I got your channel struck for that pretend misinformation. All right. Okay, you two, you dumb turds. Move along. Next. All right, we're, we're good. Sorry, oh. I'll be the bad guy, TTR. I know that you're doing a good job. I was job just doing a uh, checkup on something. Yeah, these two are getting the suck, though, and, and it's not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, protect your channel. Don't let people just say anything they think they can say. Yeah, I don't think that racism is cute or adorable, so uh, go no. kiss my ass and move along. Thank you. Yeah, I just <laughs> someone who would say that probably had not good intentions, maybe. Or they're well, just yeah, trying to yeah. be edgy, because that's what a lot of people do sometimes. Well, that's they're trying true. to be edgy. Yeah, I've seen plenty of that in young people these days. Well, also, act, it's a weird form of activism from some people. They'll go in, I'm going to do this bad thing, and give you a chance to block them and boot them out. And if you don't, then you accept responsibility for the bad thing that they said they were going to do. Right. Well, there is one more thing, and I know this is going to come off hateful, but just because they haven't been flagged on their own channel, it looks like they get, what, five subscribers? Them, their mom and uncle's watching and nobody else, so of course they get well, in trouble for it. Yeah, I that's know, I don't know the full story behind any of their channel stuff either, so I, I wouldn't comment on that at this point. I'll give them a couple more years. They grow up, mature a little bit, they can come back. Yeah. Everyone can get a second chance. It's all about love. Yes. Love. We need a more love in the world. And I need, who's a prepper? In case of the end of the world, I need to find somewhere to flee from Houston. What, I, mean, I don't what think kind of end of the world uh, aspect are you thinking? Me and my wife, we've already said that if like an asteroid or comet comes, we're not going to burrow into the ground like beavers or something like that. No, gonna it's going to be biggest, like civil war. We want to find the biggest place where the impact's going to happen so it happens immediately and ends us. We do not want to live in the Fallout universe, ladies and gentlemen. Video game's great, but we don't want to live it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we don't. 
No, the coming food shortages and political strife and violence in the streets, apparently. Cindy, let me ask you a question real quick. I don't know if I've ever asked you about this T2R. Libby, you can jump in if you want to. What do you think about funerals and graveyards? Do you think that this is a waste of time? I told my wife, because we've been to so many funerals and they're so expensive, I said, honey, if I die, I don't wake up one morning, just put me in a hefty bag and put me out by the trash. Don't waste all the money on this. How do you guys feel about this? She says, oh, no, honey. You a burial. No, nah, hell with it. Just Not put me the in trash. there. They throw me in the back of the truck and take my ass off somewhere. And uh, and all she has to do is pay the garbage bill. That's it. You know, sewage. That's it. Well, here in Alabama, you're allowed to bury on your property. So that's easy. I don't think that's legal in most places. Wouldn't it be cheaper, though? Of course, don't, like, surprise the trash people. Put a letter on it. Say, this prick, he was here for a while, but he's done. Take him out of here. I mean, that's yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah, right? expensive. It's 3500 bucks last time I buried somebody. What do you think? That is expensive. I think, think about I all think the golf courses right. we could have if we got rid of all that stuff, though. Huh? We don't say golf courses. We got to get rid of graveyards and golf courses. <laughs> what do They're you the biggest waste of space. TTR is like, oh, man, Brad, come on. Come on. I don't I'm just know. Uh, moderator here right now. I think that is it expensive, and I think that yeah, it takes up a lot of space and it's expensive. Cremation isn't uh, a whole lot cheaper. Uh, it's go. only a few hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars cheaper, and then you still have to dispose of the ashes. You're not allowed to just dump them. Is the burial cost including the casket? Because mm -hmm. I thought caskets were expensive. Yeah, like you get a thousands on their own. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, hold that on. That was a, a dumb question, Brett. <laughs> I don't know. Question. I haven't buried anyone expensive. in such a long time. Just a heads up. Oh, just a heads up. Uh, 25 minutes left on the stream. Okay. I've done a really good job. I haven't had a, any nicotine this whole time because I left my fake vaporizer inside. No crap. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm slowly quitting. Wow, good. good for you. Well, how do you... Uh, let's uh, let's talk from the atheist worldview as well as Christian worldview whenever it comes to graveyards. The atheists, they believe that when their people die, it's over. It's just a, like a shell sitting there, right? So why bother with that, or even cremation? Then the Christian, you already believe that the soul is in some kind of stasis where it is just waiting for God to resurrect it. The body's dead, right? So what's the point? So that we can, the point is for the living to mourn and to uh, show honor and love. Show honor and then to reform the community to try to fill in what's going to happen now that that person is gone. Who's going to take their place? It's about that whole dynamic. It's about the living. Funerals are not about the dead. They're about the living. Mm -hmm. Well, it's about, remembering, it's about remembering the dead, paying tribute yeah. to them, and then moving on for the living. I okay. do know that when I had to face that decision with my son, there was no way in hell I was going to burn him. So cremation was not an option. 
I just I I find it fascinating that there's both. I've asked non-believers about this as well as religious, and there's a lot of non-believers that see sanctity and the sacredness of this. So I I find that really really uh, it's beautiful and it's compelling for me, and it shows that there's something something there that is uh, pulling them. If that makes sense. What do you mean? Well, if you were to talk to a non-believer and ask them, how would they feel if someone that they cared or that they felt was important were to just be completely wiped out or taken to a trash dump or something like that? They make it very clear that, that would, that's no good for them. They prefer either the cremation or the, the burial. So there's a sanctity even for wow. a body. You see what I mean, Cindy? I find that... Because uh, I see what you're saying, but... The body represents the soul, the, the person that you loved. Right, for people of faith. So Hi, everyone. See you later, Olivia. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Yep. Have a good one. Bye, you too. Bye, Libby. Well, TTOR, I've already babbled on enough. That topic seemed to really, really get people going, whoa, goodness gracious, a trash dump? Really, Brett? Yeah, I'm terrible. What are you going to do? You got any yeah. topics you want to bring up to end it? Well, no real topics off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, I think we'll go ahead and just wrap things up here. We're kind of in that time frame I wanted to do anyway, so... I guess last thing I'll say uh, before we cut things off, if you haven't already, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Link is in the description box below. My other channels for Joshua TV, YouTube, and BitChute are also in the description box below if those are more interesting to you. And, of course, my Gab and my Getters in the description box. And if you want to support the Quarter Project I mentioned at the start of the show, you can check out the links in the description below. And also, if you want to use my social media site, Creation Social, all you have to do is go to your internet browser, go to the URL box, type in creation.social, and it'll take you right there. And that way you can talk to me in a bit more of a free environment where you don't have to worry about saying the wrong words and waking up the next day to find yourself in jail or banned. So yeah, you can <laughs> join me there too. So did you, uh, you were mentioning Odyssey earlier, though, TTR. Did you end up syncing up your channel so your videos have copies and all that? No, I have an Odyssey channel already, and I uploaded some videos to it, but they do a lot of the same stuff that BitChute does in terms of their censorship systems and their policies. So I don't really view them as a good, viable, long-term solution. Hence why I'm trying to make my own site and raise funds for it. Because well, I there know is, there is a fact that it syncs up with your channel, and any new video you put, it'll upload it for you. Yeah, that is a benefit, but I don't really use it much anyway. I mean, the only time I would go there would be to back up a video. I'd be watching videos on other sites all the time. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really have a reason for myself to invest into it long term. All right. Anyway, before I end the show, I'm going to go over to Joshua TV really quick, end the recording of the stream on there, and then I'll end the recording here on YouTube. I just got to get to the stream. You got to end both of them? 
Well, there's a there's a funky way to save your live stream recordings on Joshua TV. There's a stop and start record button on the actual streaming page. So I have to hit both of those to make sure the stream make sure the stream stops there. Okay, it worked. I just got to let it finish right there. Okay, boom, that's done. And with that, we're gone, folks. Adios. Good night, guys. Yay.